0: Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quaggit Smith. Me, oh my, I
1: have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Draft Rugby, the game they play in heaven. Hello and welcome to the Draft Rugby Show, the podcast they play in heaven. I'm Kagi and uh, we're back to a full compliment tonight. Joining me uh both the boys, uh, Harry and Nelson. Uh, Nelson, mate, I'll... Um, introduce you first uh we we really enjoyed a week off without you uh so did the listeners and um what were you doing again mate you had some um family survivor fantasy draft or something lame that was not rugby related at all mate um how was that and how are you
0: another fantasy draft we we do a family draft for survivor each year and 50 buck buy and it's it's quite fun i'm looking to lie.
1: we've already talked too
0: much about this non-rugby fantasy
1: Indeed, and uh, Harry. On that note, mate, how are you feeling? Um, a lot better, obviously, after um, I decided to. You just you've been pretty low. You've been feeling pretty low without a fantasy win this season, so I decided to mm-hmm. gift you one just to you know get morale back up. So how are you feeling now with your first win uh, of the year? You're still bottom of the table, but how are you doing? I'm uh, I'm on top of the world, mate. I think you're giving more details than I needed. The top score
2: of the week, form, fantasy team in the competition. I'm flying high absolutely there's no way I'll be coming down from here just going to be climbing the table back to my rightful place defending champ we'll go back to back to back to back to back with a few knockbacks backs in there but it's uh it's it's good to be the king again just a few
1: just a few asterisks in there
0: <laughs> argue, mate. um
1: you yourself Bernie
0: the, the only pod pastor this week who didn't get a win this week mate
1: look I've, we've already discussed it I decided to give Terry a win he was feeling pretty low but um Now, look, we'll throw that to the listeners, actually, our beloved listeners, to tell us, um, can you be the form team if you're on bottom of the table? Um, We we were discussing this before. Nelson and I are pretty adamant that's a no, but, um, you know, Harry... uh...
2: Uh, You guys mustn't have the listeners coming in, but they're saying, yeah, absolutely you can, because form means recent form, not like over the whole season. So, hands down, mate, they're all on my side. Craig's at the bottom, Harry at the top, Nelson, who cares? So, let's push on knowing with the knowledge...
1: Let's that. get into it. I the- am a
2: fountain of fantasy <laughs> skill. And I don't know. There's there's too many positive words I can put in here, but the podcast
1: isn't long enough for me to say how good my team really is. You're true. Oh, it, yeah, definitely, yeah. it definitely is not So look, the uh on, on the agenda for tonight, we're gonna to, um for entree, let's do a quick review of round six, the round that's just been. We're gonna preview round seven of Super Rugby Pacific. And then for D Deserto, we're going to uh talk about the Wallaby squad just announced uh, on Sunday, the initial Wallaby squad. And if we have time, uh, the boys, I believe, also want to have a quick rant about the Western Force. Oh, it won't
2: be quick. won't be quick. Guys, uh, you and I went for like four hours last pod. It'll be much quicker having Nelson here to keep us in check as well. But uh, that'll drag out, man. I've got a lot to say about the Western Force. Jesus.
1: Fantastic. Look, I was about to launch us into the entree, but you want uh, to give us an update on the tipping comp, of which I still haven't entered a single tip uh, because I forgot about it since the beginning and I feel you like it. it's too far gone now. Well, that basically
2: can't... must be why I'm not last because I'm pretty close otherwise. If uh, I was
1: ahead of you, then you you should be concerned.
2: <laughs> I mean, I well, think I'm going 51st out of 65, but uh, first place, big shout out to samu tucks deluxe on 41.25 points a full point two five points above brad breath in second and Lorp at 40.33 um familiar faces where are we driving more over in new zealand on 36.25 points in 10th uh and as i keep scrolling through here i think rev is in 18th he's dropped 11 spots on 34 points as well and nelson 31.75 points down in 28th so the best of a bad bunch on the podcast but congratulations to Sam Ritux Deluxe just killing it at the moment and uh, thank god no one listens to my tips because I'm never good at tipping
0: I I picked a few what I thought were upsets and they didn't come off yeah
2: I think you just shouldn't pick upsets if you're going to do a tipping comp like we pick way too many (laughs)
0: <laughs> well it's the only way we can catch up. So yeah. we're gonna have to keep it
1: and just hope they haven't.
2: Western forced to win the comp.
1: <laughs> well that's the that's the of course the draft rugby tipping comp on uh, is it it's still on Superbrew? Yeah. yeah. Superbrew. So very good. Um keep it keep it going on there and uh I can't see any of us winning <laughs> from here. Um but it would uh, you know, stranger things have happened. So Let's get into it. Uh, entree for tonight, uh, round six Super Rugby Pacific, kicking us off on Friday. We had Moana Pacifica taking on the Highlanders at Mount Smart Stadium. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this kind of went as expected. I forget our tips, but um, you know, the Moana went down seventeen to forty-five to the Highlanders. Uh, you know, they were in the game um, at the it's, the. it's the same old story every week with Moana. They were in the game really until about the fifty-first minute. Um, And then the Highlanders kind of just absolutely ran away with it um, bagging themselves quite a few tries. So similar story every week, the Moana just can't seem to deliver an 80 minute performance. Um, For me, the big points in this one, uh, there was was a yellow card to Jonah Lowe that was given by uh, our best mate, Ben O'Keefe and then overturned because of some very strong protests by captain Billy Harman. So very well done from him. Um, And yeah, I mean the only other things I had from this one was that the Highlanders bench were absolutely firing. Uh Falafakata came on and um it's some of the best footy we've seen from him in a while. Um he was instrumental setting up a few tries.
0: Clearly a benchy. That's what he is, mate. He does that so well.
1: True. Although I guess if, if anyone if anyone's coming on in the last 20 minutes against Moana, you're gonna look good though, to be honest. It's that it just feels like that's the way of the game. But um, no, and then the only other point I wanted to make before I throw it to you guys was just um Ethan DeGroote, uh, you know, I've never really been that big a fan, particularly since he talked smoke about uh, he could take on Taniela Tupo back in the day, but um, he had an absolutely massive game. Um, he he was just absolutely smashing the physicality, both on D and and some carries um, into some really big Moana um, physicality. And <laughs> he was getting coming off best in all of his carries and tackles. So it was really, really good from him. I uh, was I was pretty impressed. He's, he's been good for
2: a while, Ethan DeGroote. I, I definitely rate him. He's just young. He's very cocky. That chat was very, very, uh very early for where he was in his career. But yeah, he's a very good prop.
1: He's a good young
2: Aussie
0: prop. He is. Yep.
1: Yeah, he is. And and Nels, I was just gonna say I thought Sean Sean Withy might be one you've had your eye on, because um I think he's one to watch. Uh yeah. he's he's made made like the made, made very good with all these opportunities he's got with Marino and Shannon Frizzell out. But um I think, I think yeah, he's got really, like a Michael Hooper-esque engine on him. So um, I don't know if he's taking your fancy. He's popping up all around the field. He's, he's really good. Very good. Um, well, yeah, I didn't talk much about the Highlanders, but they just really unleashed and uh, the usual suspects there. It was nice to see Marino Michele too and mm-hmm. Shannon Frizzell back. But, um, yeah, any last points on the Landers Moana from you guys or we can move on?
2: Move on. Ready. The Reds versus the Crusaders. The Reds went down 12 to 25 in Queensland. I think it was a big game for them to try and get up and start to turn their season around. I thought it was a massive game from the back row, from the Reds in particular. I thought that Harry Wilson and Fraser McBride played very, very well. Easily the best game of the season for Tate McDermott as well. Um, and it was interesting to see Isaac Henry, who had obviously slotted in at 12 behind Pi Sami kicking a goal. His first two were atrocious only uh, only probably equaled by Bowdoin Barrett in his game, which I'm sure we'll get to. But uh, they just looked like he'd never kicked a ball before, so obviously a few uh, nerves there. But he did grow into the game and looked pretty good, um, the other player for the Reds that I would point out is James O'Connor. Just, I don't think he made the best decisions. He kicked the ball away a few times where it made no sense. They didn't take a shot at goal when it made a lot of sense. Like he just made some odd decisions and probably didn't show the poise that we want from an experienced fly half. So I think he definitely hurt his chances of being selected for the uh, Wallaby squad in that one. Um, on the flip side, I thought the Crusaders were actually kept. Pretty quiet, with the exception of Leicester Fain who was just doing whatever the hell he wanted. Just unbelievable, still going from strength to strength to strength. And it was about that time that I thought that my fantasy round was in doubt. But then Kagi realized he had no other players. Um, that was it for me, really. There, I thought T- Tammany Williams was uh, was very good. Scored, at, I th- oh, maybe got ruled out his try, but he he looked very very good as well. Um, I thought in fantastic form, and there was a bit of a. Uh, controversial try to Willie Hines as well, but in general, you know, nothing, I didn't think it was too bad. What do you guys think?
1: Do you remember that one else? It was, it was just that uh, I think Tommy Williams was kind of slowly pushed over the line and then the ball was pushed back and Willie Hines just put his hands down on it and it was on the line. So it was kind of like, I don't know, to me it, it seemed fine, no, but I the, really blew up about it.
2: The big thing is there's no offside line, right? So what the Reds needed to have realized is if the, if the rock's gone past the line, they can just come
0: around. Yeah, so it's, I think
1: it was fair. They just cleaned out well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. You got anything yeah, else? The,
0: the following match after this one was the Andrua taking on the Rebels, getting a win at home, thirty-eight to twenty-eight. Um, the Drew just came out firing in this one. They, you know, the the home field advantage is is really tangible for them, and they were up by twenty-four points at one stage. Um, the Rebels managed to work their way back into the game. I, I think a lot of that was, you know, they, they were a relatively fit side, but their, their bench did a lot for them as well. They had Pony, they had Abus Ilof coming off the bench. They had the Romanian Rumbler. Um, what's his name in the, in the centres? The Romanian Rumbler, uh, Feliuai. Uai. He was pretty good as well. But most of all, um, Andrew Kellaway, he just was absolutely brilliant for mine off the bench. Uh, he came in in that second half just absolutely all guns blazing, thinking he had this one chance to get himself in that Wallabies squad. He scored himself a try. He set up um, uh, a try as well. Lots of opportunities. Um, who are you talking
2: yeah. about as the Romanian Rumbler? The, um, David, David Stacey Healy and Rhys Hodge. Which
1: one's the Romanian Rumbler?
0: third one, Harry. The guy I mentioned, his That's name. The,
1: David Feliway? Fel- Is that who we're talking about? Yeah. Should he be any on the
0: field? The guy that played I was talking about reserves, Harry. Ah,
1: yeah, who cares he, about
0: them? Um <laughs> keep, keep up, mate. And, I like and, him, um, I like
1: Killoway. So yeah,
0: any <laughs> rumbler. Um, yeah, but yeah, the no, he there was some of the best, you know, minutes I've seen him play. Um, just absolutely, yeah, balls to the wall stuff from him. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, he he did an absolute cracking kick. Basically, I think it was from his own 22 to the opposition 22 as well, and uh, he, he looked really, really good. But further in Drua, Yosefa Marci was just as good as he has ever been. How do you leave that guy out of the centres? He is too good. He is literally phenomenal. And Robert Munda had a really, really solid game for them as well. Penny Matavalu, um, he smashed someone twice his size. He, he's, you know, performing you know, really well for their bench uh, halfback as well.
1: Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, that was after Frank Lomani was ruled out before the game. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, that was a fun game to watch. Uh, and the drill with another win in Fiji. Um, but this took us to the next one, the biggest match, well, what I thought was going to be the biggest match of the round, which was the Chiefs and the Blues, probably two front runners for the competition. And the Chiefs won this 20-13, to 13, which uh, meant that they have won the first their first six straight um, to start a season for the first time in their history. So that was pretty big, and uh, and pretty nice to wrap that up before their bye next week. Um, this game was huge. This game was in the balance right until the very end. Uh, I think it went to about eighty two minutes, and um, the the Blues were just hammering away at the Chiefs' try line, but the Chiefs just held strong. It was pretty incredible. I think, you know, some of the stats like the Chiefs absolutely defied, uh, you know, all of the stats possession positions everything I think that they made 170 tackles to 74 I think the Blues had double the the run meters the carries um the penalty count the the only thing the Chiefs really had on them was they um they made six turnovers to one so yeah this was a huge game um and the Chiefs I guess just really capitalized on their opportunities um and it was really I know it was was really cool to see some of the big matchups with um all the outside backs particularly but um yeah, for mine, the talking point, I guess, was Imoni Narawa just um, continuing to absolutely tear it up. He bagged himself two tries, including like an awesome finish for th- that first try with a kick through in the first 20 seconds or whatever or whatever it was. Um, and, yeah, it's amazing to that <laughs> Atene and is kind of the outside back we're not even talking about in the back three after um, Shooter and Narawa are just so good at the moment. So um, crazy from them um harry alluded to earlier Bowden barrett just had an awful first 20 minutes really um his first two kicks at goal he missed like <laughs> they looked god awful um looked like harry would have a better chance of slotting them to be honest but um uh it mm. just i don't know he just looked a little rattled for for Bowden. um i don't you know you, you can't really say that it's like the occasion got to him or anything it's buddy Bowden barrett he's played the biggest games <laughs> you know um there are but uh yeah just just didn't look up to it um so I mean, he eventually you know got better throughout the game but um yeah i don't know the blues strategies they just kicking for touch the entire game uh instead of taking the points um and the, uh, combined with that and the missed goals um yeah they just didn't didn't get to win this game so it was pretty good that was uh but that's the chiefs blues
2: yeah, um, I think the big one was Papali, I think it was afterwards saying like, oh, yeah, like probably should have looked back at how I made those decisions. They were terrible. I don't know if that was a tactic, but they were horrendous. Why would you not take points in a big game like that? It was just, yeah, it was so confusing watching it. Everyone was thinking the same thing. They they blew that, the Blues. I feel like they could have stolen it, but uh, pun intended, they, they blew it um the brumbies versus the tars the brums got up 40 to 36 in an absolute barry john cracker it was uh down in camera. none of us could make it sadly although we all wanted to be there um the tars came out firing 14 nil up and it could well have been 21 nil there was that long break where Faketti ran what looked like about 230 meters Corey tool chasing him down the the big thing for me was not only yeah okay they eventually tackled him and it was an amazing defense from the Brumbies. Iketau made the cover tackle on Parisi and immediately got up and stole the ball and got, drew a penalty. But Fiketti, number one should have just backed himself rather than looking around. Although he, he was, was he was uh, he was losing a little bit of pace, but also Corey Tool just was nowhere near as fast as I thought he would be. The way that right. Faketi Fic- wasn't flying, and I thought Tool would have taken him at about half the pace that he did.
0: I mm. think this is probably harsh. I think Faketti was relatively quick, and Tool managed to catch him. I don't think they were both slow. You know, like I think they were both slow. I agree with Harry. I think, oh, so. th- I, I Harry. I think
1: Tool's to looked him. fast. Tool's looked faster before. We've seen him absolutely light it up in in um, his acceleration before. But for mine, Faketti, yeah, should have backed himself. I, I think Tool would have tackled him, but he would have fallen over the line. He would have made it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, mm. um, um and push himself forward.
1: You know, even if he just kept running and got tackled from behind, he was he had enough patent momentum to get there. But um. the uh, the Brumbies scrum was was a really
2: interesting battle all night. The Brumbies just dominated constantly. Uh, I think HJH off for a, uh, a yellow card, and then immediately Boffer comes in and within about two and a half minutes sent for a yellow card as well. We'll get to his uh, impact, but let's just say he's not going to win the players' favourite award tonight in the fantasy wrap up. Um, but they were just so incredibly dominant um Marky Mark as well mate he uh he let in a try and then went the other way to the chip and chase and kind of blew the game back open and gave the Tars a chance late as well with a, a brilliant brilliant solo try and um the uh takeaway for me was that the Tars had the game to win they looked the better side they had put so much pressure on the Brumbies but when it came down to those last few minutes There was a kickoff from Deborah Sini. It was a fantastic short kickoff. Ned Hannigan knocks it on. Brumbies get the ball. They work their way into the half. Cars do their best to hold out. Finally get a turnover and boot it out, and Donaldson kicks it out in the fall and gives them the ball back inside the 22 again, which eventually led to the Brumbies winning the game with a try. And it just had this error of inevitability that the Brumbies were going to come out on top. It was – they're just such a class team they're so composed and they never looked too stressed when they went behind and the tars as good as they were uh just weren't quite good enough and I, I left that game as a you know massive tars fan really just excited for Australian rugby it was just the class of this game I personally think it was much better. Than the quality of the Crusaders versus Blues. I heard a few people saying, "Ah, oh, that was test match quality. This was test match quality. I think this was the best game of the year. Some dodgy defence, but I thought the attack was phenomenal.
0: Yeah, this was an absolute cracker. Watch yeah, it man. if you have not watched it already. For sure. Um, the, the final match of the week was the <laughs> Hurricanes-Force. Hurricanes winning this one 45-42 in an 87-point cracker. But, I mean, one of the biggest things for this for <laughs> me was – the force have shown that they are a fit side and they can play 84, 85 minutes if they need to. And they scored right in that, you know, 84th, 85th minute um to to get this within touch, get themselves a bonus point, um, which was well fought. But there was a couple of things out of this one. Manasseh Mateelli, that was a late change for Tony Pulu. Um, Harry's been asking for this guy to be around for the last few weeks and I mean, I don't know who drafted the notes. I had to delete it. But someone said he could have been the player of the match, and he was not even remotely close. But he did do some positive things. That was you, Kagi, clearly. He did do some positive things. <laughs> the the set piece, the scrum, was was very solid for the Canes. Um, Lineouts, they scored off. But also, it was, it was a little bit shaky at times, their lineout. They lost quite a few of their own. Um, but, geez, I, I think it was mid-90% rucks. I think they lost... Three rucks throughout the whole match. Um, so their forwards were really something that they they built off in this one. Um, the yellow card himself, the human yellow card, uh, the, what's his name in, in the, the set? Career, he, he had five turnovers. This was one of the best games I've ever seen him play. Um, and he bagged he himself looked, a
1: try as well, didn't he? I think.
0: Yeah, he bagged himself a try. And, geez, he looked pumped about it as well. He's going... Geez, it's only taken me seven years, but I'm starting to fulfill some of the promise people people thought I had. Um surely you start Sullivan every single week. Godfrey has a big future from fullback. Naholo over severe in my eyes at the moment. Kiribigi, that guy has wheels. He can he can challenge Tool in a race. He is quick. Um, but yeah. Uh this is the the one last thing I think maybe out of the force. Other than them never giving up, was Jeremy Williams. I'm a big fan of Jeremy Williams. This young Waratah's contingent heading across, and New South Welshman's heading across to the forces doing well. And you combine him um, with the the six as well. What am I thinking of, Harry?
2: You're, you're thinking of Ancy, but for, uh, for Kalapu was excellent as well. I thought the way those two players combine, they're just a perfect partnership. Kalapu's got that physical presence. Williams, a bit more versatile, a bit more agile. And then their line-out accuracy is excellent as well. They're they're playing so well in a team that, in my eyes, was well beaten. And let's be honest, they were down 45 to 21 with nine minutes to go. They scored three converted tries. That's the point where the the Hurricanes have given up. They don't care anymore. So great workforce. You didn't give up. That's about all it means to me. Um, But, uh, yeah, I thought the locks in particular very impressive.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Jeremy Williams was making some amazing carries the entire game. So he I'm, he's a, I'm a big fan. I don't know why we let him go at the tarts, to be honest. Yeah, it's not I like a the box or anything, but that's fine. Yeah, that's right. Um, Sweet so as. All right, well, that wraps up the game. So let's just have a quick look at the um, fantasy stats. So fantasy man of the week was none other than Yosefa Masi with 88 points for the Fijian Drua. He bagged himself a try, 101 run metres of 13 carries. Two line breaks, nine tackle busts, and three offloads. Just was into absolutely everything. Um, was awesome. Uh, and then, uh, you know, notable's fine. We'll give the stats as well, uh, almost. But uh, James Slipper, 86 points. So he had an absolute blinder. And, um, I mean, you should have seen the way – he for his try, the way he hit that line, he looked like he'd been an inside centre for his entire career, you know what I mean? Um, 100%. He hit that with pace for a, for a front rower. But... Um, very good from him. Uh, he could have and... scored a three, mate. How about his dive over,
2: a little knock on? I thought he was outstanding. The best game I can remember from him.
1: Yeah, ball hand, for sure. Wallaby's well, captain uh, currently. So, um, you know, we'd expect nothing less. Um, but it's yeah. a huge game. Uh, and then let uh, du- Duplessie Karifi, the human yellow card, as we talked about, 85 points. Nos Lonigan, 74. Braden Iose, regretting not picking him up. I had a feeling I should have picked him up. 73 yeah. points. And Dane Coles, the old man, still going at it. 73 points, looking like he was uh, he was playing in the backs out there for the, the Hurricanes. Um, super yep. sub.
0: The super sub for this week was Jake Strawn. Uh, he came in and he played centers through, I think, pretty much all of this one. He, he had one cracking kick from inside his own 22. I'm pretty sure it went to like five meters out in the opposition. This guy has a whopping kick. Uh didn't get him any points, though, but he got 45 points off the bench, which is, is a good outing for him.
2: Um, Captain Mudd this week as well. Uh, I did allude to it before. Dan Botha from the Tars, uh, minus 12 points, came on, got a yellow card for not being good enough at a scrum, and then later on in the match, they brought him on in, like, the 72nd minute again and
1: maybe got another minus two points once he took the field then. So not... Not a the great worst game, part dude. of it is is that he came on. He probably then got penalised two or three times at the scrum and then got yellow carded yeah. for being shit at the scrum. Controversial. So it was. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't get. He didn't get a worse score, to be honest. But um,
0: it was they have it. controversial, but South Africans still destroying Super Rugby
1: just from the inside. <laughs> <the other side. laughs> just, in, just in case any anyway, were still listening to the pod, Nelson's just making sure that uh, we. are
0: I just want to know if any South Africans are listening, because they'll blow up at that for
1: sure. Please, just at Nelson on Twitter. Just at Nelson, though, not at Draft Rugby. Don't come after us, just come after Nelson. He doesn't speak Um, for us. All right. Well, excellent. That's our preview of round... uh, Sorry, our quick review, very quick review of round six. And that takes us to our main course, which is previewing Super Rugby Pacific round seven. And in round seven, we have the first round of three rounds where there are some buys in Super Rugby Pacific. So... This week, we have the first set of buys with four teams sitting it out. So, the buys this week are the Chiefs, the Waratahs, the Western Force, and the Fijian Ndrua. So, the first game to kick us off, uh, we have on Friday night, the Crusaders up against Moana Pacifica. I have a feeling some points are going to be scored in the last 20 minutes of this game. But, um, Harry, do you want to take us through the injuries and returning for this one?
2: Yeah, George Bauer left the field last week in the 79th minute, apparently uh, a knee injury. I think he got caught at the bottom of a ruck. Um, expected to be pretty serious. He couldn't even kind of wait there on it walking off. So I think he'll probably be done for a fair while. No new injuries to Moana, uh, but returning, you got a few players. Moana have Anzelo, Vuki, who should be coming back from a concussion, we would think, although. You know, this is all speculation for Moana. They don't like to tell us anything. Uh, The Crusaders have Quinton Strange and Zach Gallagher both on track uh, coming back from their hamstring injury. And Finlay Brewers expected back as well this week. Nels, you had another point there?
0: Mate, all the Moana mojos are injured. I I think you guys missed that. They have been hurt the last few weeks and, you know, there's there's some positives for them. There's articles coming out left, right, and center, saying, you know, they're building for the future and that's what they're trying to do. But are they building for the future? I don't know. There's there's just a couple star players for them that I think are really stepping up. There's there's definitely a lot of effort and there's a lot of heart with these boys. But uh, to get them feeling good about things, I think they're gonna need to get a get a big win soon.
1: I Anyways. will say in, in the post-match interview of last week's game, the uh, I forget who was interviewing him, but it was pretty savage interviewing uh, Solomon Ifenaki. It Was just like, oh, "I was good to see that unlike last week, um, someone some of the boys turned up to support Levi Amua. It wasn't just Levi yeah. Amua out there on him on his own. him up. Yeah, I was like, wow, well, all right. Anyway, but um, yeah, all right. So in this one, Nels, how do you see this one going? Let's look at the Crusaders first.
0: Yeah, look, the, the the Crusaders, one of the questions for me is, are we going to see the Crusaders we know and love, you know, from the, the last, you know, handful of years, last 10 years, maybe even de- decade, or has there been too many injuries for them? There's a long list of outs for them, um, and the Crusaders have been forced to make a lot of changes, have been forced to bring, you know, people from the dark depths of their Development, you know, pathways, and and they're still very, very good players. But what it means is they don't have that cohesion. They don't have some of those strike weapons that they have had year after year. Um, but I mean, this is a week that maybe that that is something they don't need to think about. They're going, they're coming up against Moana. Moana, they need to rest a few players. Um, Fainanuku is is due a rest this week or next. Um, this could be the week to do it to Marty Williams. Scott Barrett, they're due AB uh, All Blacks' rests. Christie's played almost every minute for the entire year. So do they keep trying to build cohesion of, of some of these players around or are they trying to give people rests this week?
1: Well, Flying anuku had a rest earlier, a couple of weeks ago, against the Rebels, I think, and they do have the bye coming up. Oh, bye. Yeah. Sorry,
0: true. Yep.
1: But you're, you're right. If, if there was a week where you wanted to roll out, uh, you know, your more, more junior players and really give them a go, it's probably this week. Um, so it will be interesting to see what they choose to do. Yeah, I, I I won't be surprised if they roll out Noah Hotham again to give him another crack. Um, I didn't realize how how hyped up um he was, but uh, he's been spoken about in the same vein as T- uh, Taha Kamara. Um yeah. who, remember how we said he was <laughs> signed as the future five uh, eight, uh, completely ignoring Fergus Burke who'd been there for years. Uh, well, Noah Hotham was kind of spoken about in the same vein, so um, I, yeah. I think I'll see him play.
0: He built himself into that game last week and, and uh, he's he seems like he's got a really big future ahead of him. Um, Drummond's had obviously lots of game time there. Willie Hines is a very, very experienced player, but it's not a bad game to go, yeah, let's give Noah another start and, and give him some more game time in that jersey you know, when you've got the wraps on him moving forward.
2: Let's not forget it's Richie Moe's 100th game and they're already promoting it. On the crusaders twitter page so yeah. this is going to be a big week for the crusaders like he is the man that has handed them no maybe not single-handedly but definitely the man that's handed them their titles like he it's, it's going to be a bit of a party to celebrate his his win i think west of anger and Nuki, like you said because of the buy he will be starting and he'll just be running off richie moe all night long expect richie moe to throw the big dummy and then just run himself so he can get one of his own to celebrate um, against Carnegie by the looks of the way he's shaking his head. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a, a big, big game, and it's I think it's the last game before the Crusaders buy, and they should have the Cavalry arriving after that. So it's, I guess, the last chance for their young blokes to really make a name for themselves. So, yeah, going to be very interesting to see uh, how some of them go. For yeah, sure.
0: for, for Moana as well, um, you know, they, we've been saying week after week that we think they need a stick and pick, but there are some tweaks that we want to see in this lineup. Um, Tavitavanawai clearly is one of the wingers. We want Fanganuku. I I believe we all are on the same page, maybe about it. Like he hasn't been the clear out and out standout, but he's he's got a lot of promise. He's shown that he does have it. Um, so I want to see him get another chance on the it, wing.
1: Yeah, they're just both players that can create something out of nothing. Um, obviously Tavitavanawai more so, but um team of Fainganuku, in the one game he was back um he had a really really good game he almost bagged It was uh, very unlucky to bag him, not bagging himself a pretty incredible solo effort try he just went out but um i think they're their two best wingers and you know when they get the there's, ball out from them they need them to deliver something
2: there's there's a bit of uh Tabata, sorry there's a bit of Nuku bias here though i thought Nar- naraya Fomai had a brilliant game on the weekend he was probably one of the best from moana had a blinder.
0: Yeah, look, for for Mai is a good player. I, I think that is probably a little bit harsh on 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 him because he has, whenever given the chance, looked pretty promising for him. But there I'm is, happy to, I'm happy
1: to concede the flying bias. I'm happy to concede that that's true. Yeah, <laughs> some, there's
0: something about flying Anuku and it could be his name. Yeah, yeah. it could be. Not definitely, not definitely is, but um the the center pairing towala and Amua, that's got to be what you stick with. That's uh, just such a good center pairing for them. Um, the question for me is McClatchy or Liljefjärd because I think McClatchy is a very good player and, and he was you know he was pretty good for them last week.
1: Yeah, McClatchy. I don't know. I think McClatchy just um, is prepared to throw it around a bit more and just like kind of chance his arm a bit more. He's a bit more agile, a bit more of like a more dynamic runner of the ball. Whereas you know Liljefjärd is more of that you know he, he used to be able to do that, but he's more of that seasoned head these days. Um, better, I guess, perhaps. You can rely on him to make better decisions, um, and his his game vision might be a bit better, uh, and you know making the right decision to play for territory when you need it, and things like that. But at some point, you just need you know to go all out on on, on the tack, right? You got to score some points, um, and I think for Moana, you know the problem they have is playing eighty minute games, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think. The only way that they're going to play an eighty-minute game is that if they actually get some more points or like much closer in the competition, you know, halfway or two-thirds of the way through the game, like if they're in the lead, they're going to want. I feel like they're going to want to keep it. They're not going to actually switch off. Whereas they have been switching off when they're not in the lead and just kind of running out of steam. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah.
2: So it's you're, you're saying McClatchy.
1: I want to see McClatchy. Yep.
2: I, no, I, I want, want to him. see McClatchy because of who he is and what I think he could be. But at the same time, like if I'm picking my first choice, ten, it's Christian Lafano, Like you, you know, they, you talk about them scoring more points. Well, they scored 17 points on the weekend. Like they didn't exactly go out and have a blinder. So yeah, they've uh, they've averaged a similar kind of score to that with Christian. The only downside was that game they scored nil, but obviously they didn't show up that week. So I don't think you can put that on him. He has got a neck injury though, so I guess it just depends on how quickly he recovers. It might be taken out of the uh, selectors' hands there as well. So I wouldn't mind McClatchy like just getting a couple more weeks to have a proper crack.
1: Mm. And nice. my, my question here is for Nels, is just on the on the back rowers. So I mean, they've got some fantastic back rowers, but for mine, uh, Alamander Motunga and uh, Solomon Funaki, they're both they're both sevens. Um, and I know there seems to be a huge trend these days to roll out two sevens. You know, Ala Wilkin and Hardwick, or you know, lots of teams are doing it. But um, and and I know Funaki is really that leadership character in the team. But mate, they've got some great big ball runners at number eight. Miracle Fialungi is obviously crushing it at six. So, you know, I don't think you need to roll out both Motunga and Funaki. I think you want one of them on there at seven. Bring one off the bench, you know, to inject them in the the end. But with Lotu Inisi and Jonah Ma'al, who are both just big, dynamic ball carriers at eight, I think they really need those guys on the field to get that go forward, you know. What do you think, Nels?
0: Oh, look, I I get what you're saying. I, I think that, you know, they do have the strength of their ball runners out wide as well that they rely very heavy on. Um, so it means you might be able to have your 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 combination of uh Matunga and Fun- Funaki. Funaki is a big boy, he's 115 kilos, he's not a he's not a small open side flanker. Um, and he does do some work in tight. But yeah, you know, we, we see Jonah Ma'u um, come off the bench. He didn't get a, a great crack last week, but we've seen glimpses of him ball in hand look very threatening. So it just depends on, you know, do they want to keep resorting to throwing it to Tava Amua for their punch because there is no number eight that can punch like those two. <laughs> those <laughs> those two are just phenomenal. Um, I mean, just punch so, down Tava
1: at eight, you know what I mean, on the scrum. That's fine. Do that, whatever.
0: Yeah, that's fine. Like just whenever you just need him to pick the ball up at the back or yeah. Amua, just mix them up. It doesn't really matter. Um, one of them can play halfback. Um, mm-hmm. They are very, very scary. I, I was trying to look at the stat before to see how many tackle busts these two blokes have because it is it is some scary stuff.
1: Well, Ma- Moana, I, I think Moana is second in the competition for tackle busts. Um, and there's
0: two of them that are doing all of it. Yeah, exactly. Amua um, um, from the six matches has 32 tackle busts, which is <laughs> insane, and he's not really. Holy Jesus.
1: Yeah,
0: that's that's not bad. He didn't even bail the games. games.
1: And what about Tabatabanawai? Oh,
0: yeah, yeah Tavita Tabatabana, to to date in this comp he's played less. He's he's played five games. He has thirty five tackle bars.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say he's got more, surely. Got oh, seven man. a match. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Jesus. That is just right. insane. Can right, i midway through this game I tweeted can someone tell Eddie that almoa is still available for the wallabies this guy is just phenomenal and he is okay. wallabies eligible I don't want to see it happen to we'll, mine. we'll have
1: one ca- 12 at 13 sounds good to me
0: yeah look, I don't want to see it you know hurting the the Pacific game but this guy grew up most of his life in Australia let the boy play for the wallabies even if he doesn't want to make him play for the Wallabies, we need him.
1: <laughs> and what's your tip, Nels? Yeah, let's get to the tips, boys.
0: Ah, Crusaders are going to win this one, no doubt. Um, it's going to be a blowout towards the back end. Moana hopefully shows some heart, but I'll say Crusaders by twenty. or Harry, uh,
2: the line's twenty nine. So I think Nelson's dream, and I've gone thirty two. I was I was thinking maybe high thirties, but. With Crusaders just kind of limping into their buy, 32, it'll be a bit closer.
1: And because I like to live on the edge, uh, you know, I'm just going to bag that on 33. Just get that outlier right there. So, uh, <laughs> um, Very good. Yeah, excellent. All right, well, let, let's push on. Um, Harry, do you want to take us into the Reds and Brumbies?
2: Yes. So uh, no new injuries to report from the Reds or the Brums, which is obviously very good news. Doesn't seem to happen much these days. Returning, you got maybe Tom Liner um, has missed a couple of weeks with his concussion, but the Wallabies announcement uh, had him still listed as injured. So I don't know if that's something new or if it is him coming back from the concussion. So just... Put space there. And then Darcy Swain has his foot injury. Again, there hasn't been any announcement from the Brumbies, but he was listed as healthy and in the Wall of squad. So we assume he must be right to get into this training camp. Uh, I think, mind you, I think the training camp's not for two weeks, I think. Um so he's got a bit of time. Um two points here for me. So first of all, last match they played was 20 to 3 to 17, 23-17 in Canberra. And the Reds really made a really good game. I we mean, probably closer than I believe we would have tipped. Um, and then the second point I had was why the fuck have the Brumbies played the Tars and the Reds twice each before they've played the Force or the Rebels once? Like, what that's is crazy. this draw? It's an absolute joke. The Brumbies, I think next week they play the Tars again. Like it's just ridiculous. No, that's definitely not true. But honestly, <laughs> like it, it just makes no sense that they were to have these games so early in the match. It's seven seven games in, first four games will be against two opposition.
1: Yeah, I mean, I understand yeah. the the rivalry round, like playing, you play some teams twice, you only play a few teams, like limited teams twice, but yeah, it's supposed to be at the start and the about- end of the season. What, what the hell is that about?
0: Terrible. You know, if if you're playing a team twice, you want it spread out because you want to see how those two teams compete, you know, over different phases of the season. You don't want to see them a few weeks apart. That doesn't make any sense to me.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, Kagi, do you think that this
1: game couldn't live up to the standards of the
2: Tars versus Brumbies last week? Well, the Tars aren't playing, so
1: no, I mean, the game can't be as good. That's obviously – that's obvious in itself. Yeah, Tars are second
2: from the bottom of the table,
1: right? Are you saying know.
2: they're the form team
1: despite that? Harry, form <laughs> – when it comes to the Waratahs, form's a whole different thing, mate, okay? <laughs> right, right. Um, But uh, regardless – no, look, this game um, – I don't know how this game will go. Uh, I'm not sure I think it'll be as close as it was last time. I mean, I know the Reds certainly, uh, you know – whilst going down last week um, had some really, really strong performances. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think the Brumbies will kind of bounce. They'll take a lot out of that game against the Tars last week. And I think they're really going to give it to the Reds. So um, no, I don't think it'll be as much, as good a game as as that one last week. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure how I see this one going. Um, That's right. You
2: don't have to tip right now. We're just talking about the preview um, look, the team should be pretty much exactly the same as last time they played. I went through the sides. The only real changes are the experience of Alan Alatoa being back in the side and James O'Connor back for the Reds. And then also both teams have their new inside centres. Tamati at inside centre for the Brums and Isaac Henry for 13. So, To me, I think Tomati Tua is a huge in for the way the Brumbies are playing at the moment. I think we talked last week about the fact that he's just growing into that role that Ira Simone used to play. So I think he's a huge in. And obviously the Brumbies' scrum has been exceptional as well. So two massive, massive ins there. And then a relatively new combination of 10-12, Jock and Henry. Um, I'm not convinced that's stronger than where they're at right now. I like both those players, but I'm just not sure that that combination is completely gelling
0: just yet look i actually really like isaac henry he, he's got an ability to take the ball to the line but he can also distribute he's making you know a, f- a few tackle busts a few line breaks um each time he, he runs out in the field he is you know staunch in defense as well he's, he's no paisami there's not many pay- people that cut people in two regularly like paisami does but I, I think he is in pretty good form, you know, despite, you know, his injuries and, and lack of game time the last few years. So I'm really happy to see more of him. James O'Connor is a mixed bag. Every time we see him, you know, run out of the moment, he, what, what James O'Connor are we going to see? I think Liner gets a bit of game time towards the back end. If it's getting away from the the Reds, maybe he gets on and gets a little bit longer if, if James O'Connor is not performing. But I, I think he gets a crack. So if it's tight you know he'll, he'll be an interesting one to come on and he's he's mature in you know the the lack of years he's got he's still a very mature player
1: he is um i also like isaac henry but um yeah not sure if, i'm not sure if he, he can't just bring the the big truck up carries like paisami can you know what i mean like he's he's got more ball playing um and his D is is pretty good but um i think They really like to fall back on, you know, James O'Connor just shovel it across and just have a solid carry, game line carry from Paisami. But um, yeah, for mine, it's uh, my question is going to be, and it's going to sound like I've um, flipped the switch here, but um, is Vunavalu going to do anything? Um, Because I've firmly sat on uh, this podcast for the last two and a half years and definitely been the most excited Vunavalu fan um, because he's just a specimen of a human being. But um, yeah, I've had him just, plaguing my fantasy team and bench this entire year. And uh, I've yet to see anything. I've seen a bloke who's going about 50% all the time. Even even like a kick return carry. It's like uh, Jock Campbell will catch the ball and then is looking for Vunavalu like, sweet, here we go, Matt. I'll give it to you with heaps of time and space. Go nuts. And he just jogs it back in. Really tentatively.
0: Yeah, for for me, he's not in there starting 15 and he's not really a bench role at the moment with how he's playing. I, I don't know how he gets himself back into it, but he needs some confidence because he doesn't seem I'll, to back his money.
1: I'll tell you um, how he gets back uh, he gets back into it. Just run 100%, mate. You're a specimen. You can't do that, mate. He's he's are on... made of glass. Mate, just 100%, mate. Just give it your all, and you'll run through the other – you'll run through or around the other – or over the other – just high jump them, mate, okay? Have you seen the bloke? Look, I
2: I think Vunavalo's special ability at the moment is to look like he's just about to break the game over, but to never, ever do it. Now, on the note of Vunavalo, hashtag Atko knows – Mm. It's trending, guys. I'm pretty sure it's number one on the Twitterverse at the moment. Adko, watching training today, said that he saw Crichton steering the ship at 10, James O'Connor subbing in from the bench, and also Vinovalu not even in the 23 the day after being selected in the Wallaby squad. So yeah. uh, I don't think we're going to get to see him.
0: Look, Vinavalu, I, I, I have been defending his selection because I understand why Eddie does it. I would not be picking him The the guy is getting further away from his potential every time we see him, and I, I don't know how that changes. Seriously, I, I, I'm concerned. He's he's about to sign a two year deal with the the Reds. Also, um, this this just in, guys. Looks like Wilson's about to sign a two year deal with the Reds. He's, yeah, it's uh, been announced. It's been announced.
1: Well, very quickly. Speaking of potential, I'll just say Pattaya, mate. This is someone who I do want to see a lot more of, and also in the Wallaby squad. Uh, but I want to see more of him at 15. I know Jock Campbell's come back and has been doing a good job and Jordy has been playing great on the wing. But I wouldn't mind them switching it up, putting Jock on the wing and I want to see some more of attire in that 15 jersey. How do you boys feel about that?
2: Yeah, 100%. I think the is, His form was exceptional and I, I do hope that that's what they do. I, I mean... Well, we've talked before about the fact that it's like Jock at fifteen and Patair at eleven or fourteen is probably better than vice versa. But I think he he needs to be playing there to have his chance for the Wallabies, and, and I hope they give him the opportunity.
1: So well, we've talked a lot about the Reds. Let's let's rapid fire through the Brumbies here. Um, I mean, for for me, the first one. This is actually this is really a, qu- a point for both of them. But you know, the Brumbies rolling more. They're obviously going to go to it. Um, can the Reds defend the the Brum? Can they stop the Brumbies rolling more?
2: No,
1: in one, in a one word answer. No. yeah. No. 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 Fantastic. No. Well, that's rapid fire right there. Um, yeah. for, uh, Frost, Frost to have a rest for the Brumbies. Uh, Nick Frost, he's played every game so far this year. I think one, maybe two, but I only think one of them he's actually started off the bench. Um, and with the return of Darcy Swain, that could see him rested altogether. I would, I would think, but I don't know if this is the game to do it or not. I think he has to. He's a wallaby now, right?
2: So, yeah, he's he's played every single game. One of them he played 40 minutes in round five, but other than that, he played 80, 80, 80, 80, and yeah. 73. So I think, yeah, it's very, very likely if Swain's there, he'll be out.
1: I mean, I know oh. there's a bye coming up in another week or two, uh, or whatever. But, it doesn't uh, matter. They're not
2: allowed to play more than five games in a row.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think so.
0: Um, so, look, there's there's a lot of Wallabies or potential Wallabies or not-selected Wallabies coming up against each other in this one. Um, do we see a step-up of the 10s? Is CO or Jock going to step up this game, Harry?
2: Yeah, CO will. I think there's the, the disjointed back line at the moment from the Reds with the disruption at 10 and twelve particularly around that 12 jersey. I think that we'll see him attacking the line a little bit more, and I expect him to be, be getting some quick ball from the Brumbies' back row as well. So I think he's probably the bloke that's most likely to uh, to make a name for him himself.
0: Yep. Cargi, there's two potential Wallabies, you know, wingers come fullbacks <laughs> in this match. Hopefully we see Pataia and Wright both at at 15. Do you think one of these two guys are going to put their name back into You know, that
1: 15-Jersey contention for the Wallabies? No, Well, you know how I feel about this. Geordie Pettire all the way, mate. Tom Wright's a winger. He's not a a fullback for mine. That answers the question.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And then we've got the the interesting thing. We've got Tate here coming up against two Wallabies-selected nines. The guy didn't get selected himself. Do we see him play out of his skin? Surely, if, if, if this is about giving him a kick up the bum, surely this is when we see him step up and have an absolute blinder. It all comes down, mate. It's all about the quality of ball you get from your forwards. So, you know, I I expect the Reds
2: to have, you know, an absolute fire lit underneath, and they seem to play very well against the Brumbies. But um, if he can get some quality ball, then, yeah, I think he'll play well, but I don't think it's on him. I I think that he looked much better last week, and it's all going to come down to how McWright, Wilson and Wright play. And uh, based off of the form last week, I think that they've got a good opportunity to lay a good platform.
0: Yeah, that's that's a very good back rower up against you know some some other Wallabies with Samu and Valatini um, on on the other back row. That's that's going to be a really good one to watch as well.
1: Yeah, don't
2: forget the uh, com- the contrast is going to be against the player with the best right to left in the competition, Rory Scott.
1: <laughs> doesn't still a good frothing on that weeks later, and rightly so. Um, all right, we'll like, a good one, eh? <laughs> huh? I was going to say, let's push on. Let's get to some tips, um, Harry. You can go first this time. Brumbies Reds, how do you see this playing out? It'll be closer than it should be. Uh, Brumbies will
2: win by five or six. I'll go six.
1: Brumbies by five or six. All right, I'll go next. Now let's give you some time to think. I'm going to say Brumbies by nine. Did was, you just uh, say it was going to be close? Yeah, I mean, but that's like close. to change my mind all the time. So. <laughs> I'm
0: going to say uh, it's going to be close and then maybe some points to the Brums right at the end. So it's going to be Brums by eight, just out of the bonus point for the Reds excellent got my
1: outlier I love that um sweet as all right well let's push on to the Saturday games we have two games on Saturday so uh we only got four games this week is that what we've got yeah Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what happens when you have 12 sides and you take
1: four away later on in life now that's a manageable load of rugby to watch you know what I mean uh four games it's good I mean don't get me wrong I always want more rugby but that's seems achievable um although this is the we are coming up to the Easter long weekend actually this is the one weekend I could watch all six games but all right fine Uh, We have the Highlanders and the Hurricanes. Um, I'll jump into this one. New injuries to report. Highlanders, uh, CGB, Connor Garden, batchup a calf injury. He was pulled pre-game. Misesi Dawai ran on last week. And for the Hurricanes, Brett Cameron um, came off with a knee injury. Uh, I can't remember. That seemed pretty serious, didn't it, Harry? Yeah, I mean, Nelson, I remember, was chatting to me about
2: it during the game, and I think his words were, I think he's dead um so it didn't look good he did eventually get up and walk off relatively comfortably but yeah it, it wasn't a good sign i'm I'm not confident that he's gonna uh he's gonna be back for
1: for a while is this a re-injury if you remember pre-season he missed the first two or three weeks because he had an, a knee injury
2: no nah, look this was like big traumatic knee injury i don't think so i think it's his uh this is just a grim knee injury that I suspect is likely to keep him out for the season, but I guess we've got to wait and see what they say when they scan it later this week.
1: Fair enough. All right, for the uh, re- in returning, we uh, this week is available for selection Rosie Cheeks himself, Scott Gregory, coming back from a knee injury. Um, so I guess we'll talk about where does he slot in. And then for the Hurricanes, no one really returning except, um, I suppose, those who were arrested last week, so Artie Sevilla, uh, was rested again last week, so I expect to see him play. Um, oh, and was there anyone else rested or just him? Really, I suppose. Well, neither Sevilla played, did they? So we could see two Sevillas back. We could see two Sevillas, and back. Uh, Asafa Amua
0: will be Asafa, back, Asafa,
1: I think, as well. Asafa, how could I forget my main man Tyrell Asafa. Lomax? I think. Oh no, he was no, back he, last he he week. Played, was... He played. He played. Yeah. Again. And what about uh, Billy Proctor? Was he was he out injured or did he just go have a rest as well? Uh, uh, I, I hope he seen. was
2: injured because then uh, my mate can keep playing, but I think he was having a rest.
0: Yeah, I think he was having a rest, but I hope he wasn't injured and it was a selection choice. Because it was not- yeah.
1: Yes. All right. Well, look, um, getting to this, let's talk about the Highlanders first. Um, the Highlanders have certainly been on the rise, have, have bagged themselves the last three uh, wins after, you know, starting with a few losses at the start of the season, which basically was kind of like they started against some of the harder Kiwi teams. And lost all three games then they got some more let's just say easier matchups in won those and now they've got the hurricanes who i believe are still second on the table and have put some have been putting a lot of points on everyone they've been playing uh been in some form so is this going to be a bit of a reality check or have they kind of got themselves together um i think certainly they really were welcoming back um a few players like their reinforcements so the likes of Shannon Frizzell and Marino Michelli, too, who both came off the bench last week, um, have them starting this week. That's pretty phenomenal to have the caliber guys like that um, back in your team. Um, yeah, I, I mean, think that's, what I can I say uh, is
2: that the biggest loss ever for the Highlanders to the Hurricanes was 36 points. So if it is a reality check, there's your line, boys. <laughs>
0: yeah, the first three weeks. Um hey, look, I... Uh, I think really it's going to be a bit of a reality check. There's been a stark contrast between those first three weeks where they got absolutely belted by the Blues, Crusaders, Chiefs in these last three weeks where they've done well against the Force, the indrua and Moana, potentially three of the bottom teams in the comp, you know, um, or, or at least, you know, Midway down the the table, at best. So uh, I think this is for them a big step up. The Hurricanes have won five from six and are, are looking really quite good at the moment. Yes, there's going to be some some changes, especially at ten things like that we've talked about. But they've got the cavalry back. But I, I think this is definitely a, a task. You know, for the Highlanders, it might be a bit too much. But this is you know where they can prove: is it just because they've had easier matchups, or are they actually contenders this year? They're not. The- I, I just think
2: that um, both teams are going to be pretty close to full strength. The Highlanders got so many of their good players back. I think this is actually going to be genuinely a tight contest. I'm looking back last year when they played, the Highlanders at home it was 21 to 22 to the Hurricanes, a very, very close match. And I suspect we're going to probably see more of the same. The, uh, the leveler will be the fact that the Highlanders have got rosy cheeks, I think,
1: for sure. Well, speaking of Rosie, treatment, where do you see him slotting in? So obviously T J is playing at twelve. Do you see him go in at thirteen, or are we seeing him on the wing?
0: And I see him at twelve with Tudge outside him and give Tudge lots of ball. Get him back involved in this game.
1: You want Tudge? You want Thomas and Jensen out in the thirteen, out in the wider channels?
0: I do. Mate. I think he's been a bit too quiet for them. Scott Gregory takes the ball of the line, really injects himself into the game. So he's a bigger body. Him playing at twelve, I quite like. Um, and then it, it, he can kind of force touch into the game a little bit better. You I say believe. Scott
1: Gregory is a bigger body?
0: No, he's a big body. Yeah, Scott Gregory is a big, uh, as in he's a bigger body in general. Not necessarily bigger than
1: Thomas Mungu Jensen. He's, okay, he's a big say, body. Mate, he's a winger, and nobody's bigger than Thomas Mungu Jensen. But
0: he's not small. <laughs> he's, he's a, a mere
1: eighty-five and ninety-five kilo. I was about to say, mate, he's not huge. Yeah, and well, that's tri- and that's start. dripping wet as well. I would suspect he does. He does look chunky. I'll give him that. But uh, look, I I, I, sus- I
2: hope that it's the Taj and Rosy Cheeks centiparyan because I mean, what a name! But I suspect with Mazzesi Dawai and kind of Garden Bash up in the competition on wing, we might actually see Rosy Cheeks playing on one wing, and they just seem to really like Josh
1: Timo as well. I was about to say, it's Josh Timo, He's not injured, is he? he? He he was injured, but he he's probably yeah. I, I thought he was a concussion. Yeah, um, so he might be back available for selection. Yeah, he? so he
2: should
0: be back. Yeah. Well, so you know, Thomas and Mike Jensen, 187 centimetres, so two centimetres taller and only 95 kgs. Thomas Mogensen Mike Jensen is 100% false.
1: over 100 kilos. There's no way. He'd be, 100... He'd
0: be He'd 105, He'd be
1: 105 maybe 107. That was a birth. Maybe. No, stats always... were at birth, mate. You found his birth to be. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he's more ten kilos. Thomas, among and Jensen. No, I'm not having it. He's 110. He might be too big at the moment. That might be his issue. Actually, he I'm at 107 for the record, Nelson. You can never that be. Just letting you know that to begin with. But um, no, oh, look, well, let's let's round out the Highlanders here. I think um, the only other one is does Misesi Dawai get some more game time, or um, uh, I mean, you know, do who else? I mean, who else do they roll out there? Huh. I mean, if they're rosy cheeks, they could you know put anyone. Want to
2: garden and mash it would be the other one. I, I thought Darwai looked pretty good, but yeah, I think kind of Garden mash it's just more versatile on the bench as well. Yeah, and, and they've got so many good back rowers at the moment. It's hard. how can you not go for a six-two bench when you have so many back rowers in form?
1: Yeah, yeah, that is true. Um,
0: um Bogato, he's gone as well, Harry. and he's with his. gone his quad. Yeah, he's got a quad there. Yeah, because he's another guy that's you know waiting the wings for them out wide. Um, Sam Gilbert. You know, he's obviously, we, we're sticking him at 15. He's not converting to, to play wing at any time. Hmm. Uh, Jonah Narecki, he's, he's been pushed back. He's far, far away. Still by the looks of it. I think they're saying week 11 at best.
1: Um, oh, yeah, so- the, the only other question I had for the Highlanders is, is who's their best hookup? You know, I think at the start of the season, we would have said it's Andrew Macaleo all day, but they seem to be rotating them, you know, at will. There's Rhys Marshall, there's Lenny Apasai. It's like, mate, what's going know. on? They don't know. Yeah, but, but just can we have a pick and stick, please? It seems like they've just got no idea there.
0: We'll stick with Macalera, please, the bowling ball that is in my side.
1: <laughs> Guys, uh, Aidan Morgan,
2: is he going to get the 10 jersey? Ruben Love should be back around fit now as well. Is there an opportunity for or, him?
1: Or, or even Harry Godfrey, who's, uh, I know he played fullback last week, but he's a 10, the young young Harry Godfrey. Or, or even Jordy Barrett. Surely,
2: surely, Godfrey doesn't now get thrust into ten when they have so many players there. It makes okay. no sense whatsoever.
1: Well, Ruben Re- Love, I've started to think that they're they're only looking at uh, as a fullback option. You know, I mean? uh, they said in the preseason they saw him as a ten
2: or a fifteen, and okay. definitely as a ten option. So, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Harry Godfrey, for the record, is only twenty years old. He's eighty five kilos, one seventy five yeah. centimeters. The man's a giant, like really rosy cheeks.
0: <laughs> so touch. So you're saying he's about he's bigger than uh, the recent Wallaby call-up, Jorgensen. So he's fine, mate. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I know I agree. Look, I, I'd be surprised if they don't run Aiden Morgan out of ten. Um, you'd have to think that would be your best bet. Yep. I think so. In. But um, yeah, you could well see. It'd be good to see Ruben Love on, on the bench and getting back involved and uh, offering that utility. But um, yeah, I for Aiden, Aiden Morgan would be it for mine. Um, and otherwise, I don't know. I, I mean. I don't know why last week they rolled out um, Dance Sinkinson or as Nelson's put in here, Stinkinson. Um, like, you've got Naholo. Uh, You know, often I've talked about Vunavalu leaving a Ferrari, uh, you know, it parked in the garage on the bench. Mate, you've got Keeney Naholo. You're not leaving the Lambo on the bench when you're running out Sinkinson. Mate. Keep the Niholo game time. What are you the doing?
0: Holo,
1: I said it earlier and I'll say it again. Niholo is
0: over severe at the moment. Have that man on the wing. Simple yep. as that.
1: So I expect to see him back this week.
0: Uh, and, and hopefully, look, we're going Sullivan. If, if you're leaving Geordie Barrett at 12, which likely they are, stick with Sullivan over Proctor. I don't care if Proctor is the brother of the best centre in the world. No, mate. Mm-hmm.
2: Didn't you see the title from last week's episode? He's the new best centre in the world. I saw it, man. And, and we
1: also forget play. how good he has been playing, though. He's, <laughs> He's been, been exceptional.
2: Playing. He's been
1: so good. He's been so
2: He's good. Been He's good. been great. But Bale and Sullivan, <laughs> mate, come on. Just it got true. the head that you need at thirteen.
1: Oh, I think like, what things. you want is you actually want them to drop Keen in the hole and put Balen Sullivan on the wing. That's what you want, actually. Uh Balen Sullivan's so good at outside, but uh,
2: <laughs> Cam Royguard surely gets a start over Jamie Booth as well. I like Jamie Booth and uh, and I've always been a big fan, but Royguard's form has been outrageously good, so I'm sure he's coming back in after a rest and starting. Absolutely. Okay. All right.
1: Look, let's uh, let's push on to some tips. Uh, Nels, you, you want to? Do you want me to go I'll, first? I haven't first yet. All right, I'll go first on this one. Um, hurricanes are going to win this comfortably. Don't know what the line is, which is what Harry's currently looking up. But I'm going to say Hurricanes by... Oh, I'm going to go 26. It's big. Whoa, mate. Big.
0: <laughs> that is not what the line is. I can tell
1: 25, you that. So 25. Just, just put down one. Oh, 25. sorry. We talked you down.
0: All right. Don't, don't bring it back too far for us, mate. No. Um, look, I'm going to maybe go big but not stupid big and say the the canes by 10 so more more than a try. how many
2: 10. 10. 18 jesus Christ! i'm going hurricanes by oh, he seven said, he, he said,
0: 10.
1: 10. He said 10. 10 he said 10 10
0: okay i'll go hurricanes by seven i'm we a reasonable know you guy because that's what the betting companies are suggesting i'm a reasonable think guy for think of yourself i'm a reasonable guy
1: Excellent. All right, let's push on to the last game of the round uh, where we have the Rebels and the Blues. Um, Who hasn't spoken for a while? I was going to say, is it Nels? Nels, do you want to take us through new injuries and uh, returning?
0: Yeah, look uh, for the rebels. We've got a new injury to to a Lima who limped off. I'm not sure we know the severity of that. Harry, do you know any anything else? on No, I, I searched again today. Literally
2: all the injuries from these these games, the relevant ones, have just nothing about
0: them. I mean, exact same for the violin uh, Tom and Scarface Ekuasi. Uh, he he limped off in that last one as well. Alex Murphy uh, apparently is is injured. Um, so we, we don't know too much about those guys, but probably probably doesn't look good for, for a couple of them. Um, I mean, Ekowasi's built like a brick shit house. The guy probably doesn't need any cartilage or ligaments or anything, so just run him out there, please. I need him on my fantasy side. Um, AJ Lamb was pulled pre-game for the Blues. I, I don't think we know much about that, do we, Harry?
2: No. As I said, there's just no detail on any of this stuff at the moment. I have been searching... Um, but uh, hopefully we get some parity okay. soon.
0: Yep. Uh, in terms of the returns column, Trevor Hosea from his concussion for the Rebels, and potentially Akira. Akira has got to be back around soon. Nah, there's um, been some chat that they're pushing him
2: back a, a couple more weeks. I saw something just uh, the other day saying, you now looking a little bit more like round nine. So I don't think they've completely ruled him out, but it's not sounding very good.
0: The,
1: Harry, the don't make for- stuff up, mate. Akira's coming back this week. I can feel it. I can feel it. The, the big thing for me is,
0: so Tutu still hasn't had a rest. Mm. So this bloke, does, does he get a rest this week? And and who do they put there in that number eight jersey? Oh, man, I've um, got plenty of options
1: to put Tain Plumtree, mate. Anton Segner, Tane Plumtree. Segner's not an eight, eight he's mate. Same Tain Plumtree. Chuck, Chuck him in there, mate. He's, he's been playing great. He could play eight for Germany,
0: mate. We get it. But not, not for the Blues. <laughs> no, nah,
2: the guy's 140 uh, centimetres tall and about 85 kilos. Like, there's no way he's playing eight
0: all right um yeah look the the rebels they've knocked off a, a few sort of aussie competition um and come close to the <laughs> hurricanes but they yet to prove their worth as you know a contender or really stepping up from you know that kind of mid-aussie maybe they're probably the probably the second best aussie team at the moment to be honest but you know they're, they're not putting themselves in that sort of top list and to do that they need to get a scalp of of a Kiwi side and, and Blues, you know, are a faltering team at the moment. They're they're not as solid as they have been. They're three from six, but geez, they're still bloody good. Um, do what do they need to do this week to kind of keep pushing and, and you know building the the momentum? Do they need to come close? Do they need to win? Or, or what do they need to do here, Harry? No man, they got to they got to win. Like, what do you
2: mean? Since when has losing been good enough against a team ranked fifth in the competition?
0: Look, if if the Rebels come within fifty points of the Blues, that is a build, uh, you know, improvement from last year. So <laughs> let's be honest; they are on the way up significantly. Um, but they'll yeah, be aiming, up- for, they're aiming for a win, mate. No, in
2: no world will the coach go, "Oh, we only lost by seven. What a good okay. game!" They'll want to win here. The Blues are a little bit low on confidence. Bodie Barrett's not playing that well. They've got no Roger Tuivasa-Sheck. Akira Ioane out. Hoskins Satutu needs a rest. Mate, this is an opportunity for the Rebels. They were junk last week, so they must be rested. They must be switched on because they sure as hell were not switched on to start the game last week. So this is it. If they really are the second-best team that just got pumped by Fiji and Drua. I think we need to remi- remember about that when we talk them up. Um, they, uh, they needed to start very, very strong, and they need to be good for the 80 minutes.
0: I see. Pumped by Fiji and Drua. We said the second best Australian team. Fiji and Drua can pump all those teams
1: too. All I know is that this game will feature two world-class 10s. One world-class and one with a world-class haircut. You know what I mean? And it it is going to be great. I mean, Carter Gordon surely is good for at least two tries. Barrett Barrett does have nice
0: hair. That's true. Barrett does have very nice hair. Very (laughs) lush.
2: Kelly, um, Andrew Calloway is back this week, fellas. He yeah. said uh, um, that maybe it was the games room that it, or wherever he was interviewed recently, he likes fullback first, outside center second, and wing third. Do you think fullback. there's a chance that they play him
1: in the centers or is he locked I, in I, fullback? I, I certainly hope not, mate. Fullback. Through and He's through. Fullback. Get him in He's there.
0: All day for them. It, it, yeah. They've been aching. Like, I mean, pickus has done well. Don't okay. get me wrong. I actually feel bad shitting on him. But they've been aching for a fullback of his class. Um, and, and he's a guy that can stick his hand up for a Wallabies 15 jersey. Stick him in 15 and leave him there because he is not playing outside centre for the Wallabies.
1: The thing that's exciting for me is, um, you know, and, and obviously we, we've enjoyed watching Monte Uwani play, but I'd love to see uh, Marika Corrie and Betty back in the team because watching Kellaway play last week, the difference in playing in a in a back line that is getting the ball and is going forwards um, has, was enormous. You know, you've seen Kellaway in in some Rebels teams in the last couple of years where there just hasn't been any opportunities um, to really do anything and craft anything. But last week, Kellaway was, you know, absolutely getting stuck into everything off, off some really great backs uh, interplay and like some go forward ball. So it's going to be really exciting to see what he can do because we have previously had to watch Kellaway not be able to do much in the Rebels. And then when he puts on the gold jersey, absolutely step up, right, when he's surrounded by world-class players. But um, yeah, I'm really excited to see him at fullback uh, for the Rebels.
0: Yeah. So if, if we're bringing him to fullback, Harry, do you drop Anderson, who, geez, has wheels, or do you drop Pincus, who has been honestly really, really good the last couple of weeks? Because so Pincus easily, you know, is, is quality enough to play wing as well. Who, who you you drop
2: Pincus, man. You don't push him out of position to wing when they've got a winger that's been playing well. You definitely drop Pincus. Good. Absolutely. He's a
0: winger as well, and he, I think he's. Probably yeah, better. but
2: Anderson's been picked above him all year and the last couple of years and has been playing well himself. So Pickers has been good, but man, he goes back to the bench kellaway starts. Easy, easy one. Hundred percent done. Yeah. Um what about the blues? Um we, we mentioned uh the back row, but Terrafeta surely gets her rest this week. I think he's he's a well overdue. So who who will they throw in there? Radamaravuki Neikins has been getting a few runs seemingly over Zahn Sullivan at the moment.
1: Yeah, but he's been getting runs at, at um wing, not at fullback.
2: Yeah, but he's he's just been coming on on something like he he even on the twenty three. Maybe they will just shoot Zan Sullivan straight into the the fifteen jersey. But that's what I'd expect.
1: I, I I feel like they either start Perifetta or they start um, Zan Sullivan at fullback, and that's just how I they. Got,
0: but for me, the their equation is simple, and I agree hundred percent with Mills Mulley. And I don't know if you boys have seen it, but he said Bowden Barrett is lacking confidence. He's playing like he's got more time and not necessarily taking it to the line and, and really playing like he used to at 10. Shift him back to fullback. He played most of last year for the All Blacks at fullback with Morong at 10. He needs to be shifted back to 15. Perifeta has looked good in that chance at, at 10. So if he's not rested, give him the 10 jersey uh, and, and give Barrett that 15. Not what you want to hear when you're talking up um uh, Sullivan, but I think Bodie Barrett needs to go to 15 for them.
1: See, I don't buy into that at all. I don't subscribe to that at all. I think Boden Barrett he's is the best, the best ten in the world, uh, and Doesn't that he in that he 2015 be, that, that if he's if he's lacking confidence, you, the, the solution isn't to move him to another position. The, the solution is been, to give him more game time to just play. Hasn't been the best ten in New Zealand for the last five years, mate. No, well, that's a ridiculous statement,
0: mate. Um, no, he hasn't, mate. He has not. He has <laughs> been dynamic. And he has been good, and he's been shifted to fullback.
2: Everyone knows that Joshua is the best ten in New Zealand. But yeah, let's here we go. It
1: on. Bone, Bone Barrett has one tw- uh, starts a game. It has won 20 minutes of bad footy, and suddenly Nelson forgets he's the best. He's been the best ten in the world for like the last. Nelson's 10. dropping him cold this week. In his, I he's not even going right. to trade for someone. Fullback, fullback. <laughs> Next thing we know, Nelson will say that he's better than Bone Barrett. You know what I mean? But anyway. Plus. Uh, Plus what what else what else we see? So we've said Hoskins arrest, Akira uh, is coming back. We've all agreed with that. Good. Um and otherwise, I mean the only other things are Kurt Eklund. You know, we've still been watching Ricky he has been playing fantastically. We've all been surprised by this. Um, but do we see Kurt Eklund get some more goes at, um, starting <laughs> in really the, well, the
2: I, I think they need they need to line out the line to function, and Eklund's throwing has been awful. But on the same uh, notion, uh, the, the same kind of line of thought, I think Patrick Tupelo came back by the bench last week, and I thought Sam Dar- Darry had an excellent start. And, you know, he's a guy that they – I think they pinched him the Crusaders from from memory, um, and they were pretty upset when they lost him because they have such high hopes. He's only like 22 years old, but it seems like he's been injured forever. Um, I think those two should be starting together, and you put Ricatelli's accurate. I think he's throwing in over 90%. It's uh, it's a dangerous set piece when you think you've got the likes of Nepo La La, La La, la Ofatunga Farsi running around. Like, that's a mean pack. It's starting to look very, very good again. Mm.
1: Agreed, agreed. Um, any other last points before we go to tips on this one? Um, I mean, I think we all
0: got... I've got two more. Um, Geez, that bench for the, the Rebels, you got Uelisi 122 kgs, Kabus Iloth at 125 kgs. And Pony Amalseili at 130 kilos. That is an enormous uh, front row coming off the That's bench. Right. And they, they brought him back on really, really quickly. But um, uh, if only the prince that was promised, if he can become the prince that can throw the
1: ball straight, that is, that is scary. We've we've already said um, we're not we're not referring to him to as that anymore. But yeah, um, he I would say he, on, but... he he did come on and um, he looked angry when he came off the bench. He's he, I kind of I think he's been getting really fired up that he's not the starting hooker and um, he's been been making some great cameos. He yeah, I, I think he'll be starting. Alex Murphy's apparently injured,
2: so he's
1: in the Wallaby squad. I think he'll be starting this week. I just I just mean I've been liking him coming off the bench so far this season. He's been coming on really angry and getting stuck in. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, um,
0: right, is it's... Talia against Yuani, who has been roaming a lot to try to get involved, and his D has not been there. He does not look like he wants to be involved in D. He looks out like to around him and going, you're going to make this tackle? And then stands back. I That's reckon right, at Monty, least Monty once... Uwani. Yeah, Yuani. At least once, he will step back and point at another play and say, you've got him." To Talia running at him. I've called it here,
1: and Talia just going <laughs> to run straight through and score. It's going to happen. You've heard it here first. To get one tack, one times tackle bust every carry at Montiwani. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's going to run at him.
1: All right, nice. what do you reckon, fellas? Nelson, you uh, you got a lot to say about this
2: one. Who's going to win?
0: Oh, it's it's hard to know how much the rebels are going to win by. Um, I I am going to say the rebels they're they're going. I like the rebels. I'm going to support them. Uh, No one's turning up in their corner in in Melbourne and actually turning up to watch the game. I'm I'm waiting for Nelson
1: to start laughing and then admit this is a joke, but he hasn't got that yet. I'm
0: going to back him there. They're only going to lose by eight.
1: (laughs) Okay, there it is. Thank you. Good. Um, All right. I'll say the Blues are going to win this game by... um, I'm going to 16. I'll go double, Nils.
2: I almost went 22 and then thought for one second and dropped my tip all the way to 12 and then to 10. So I obviously have absolutely no idea where this is going to go, but the Blues are going to win by a couple of scores. So I'll go ten points. Excellent. I love how the
1: outlier on this one again. Fantastic. All right. Well, that uh, concludes the course of. Uh, oh, you pre-
0: tell us, you're the outlier of three people. There's numerous outliers
1: every single time. That's true. It's not making. Come up. on, let's let's, push on, let's push on and let's get to the All best right. part of a meal. Let's get on to that. Finishes my course. Let's get on to da-da, that- deserto. Do
2: what
1: do And for dessert this week, gonna talk about the Wallaby squad. Eddie Jones announced his first Wallaby squad of 2023. Well, his first wallaby squad since uh what 2005. I forget last year um last time he did this but uh yeah um very exciting a lot of contentious picks and for me the main thing i'll just say i just love the head he's a headline generator eddie he's just here to get everyone talking and i'm i'm here for it (laughs) i absolutely love that so um harry do you want to take us through uh just some of the players the rehab group some players not considered to be joined like the footnotes along with this wallaby squad announcement and then yeah. also, can you chuck this this the slide up on the screen, please? Because we, uh, of course, if you're following us along on YouTube, you can um, see our uh, some of our graphics.
2: Yeah, I um I am suspicious that this Wallaby squad isn't actually going to meet. It's actually just like a presser, just to try and get some more headlines. Um, but as as you said, there are there are a few players that have been listed that are kind of on the on the outskirts of this squad. So those ones for the Wallaby squad, you've got the rehab group. Angus Bell, Rob Liotta, and Taniello, Taniella Tupo, Tong and Thor. And the overseas based players to join are Richie Arnold, Tom Panks, Quake Cooper, Bernard Foley, Marika Koran Betti, Samu Karevi, and Will Skelton. And just to clarify, that he is Richie Arnold who has been talked up. After this was selection, this selection came out because Eddie Jones felt he needed to clarify that this was not a typo. Rory Arnold, he said, was out making trucks uh, for the his... trucks. Sorry, Hino trucks for the you know, yeah, the, the Hino Dolphins. Oh, that's right. because they're not playing after their team pulled out of the competition because of a uh, disciplinary issue, Eddie came out and said that he's out making Hino trucks, and we don't pick players that are making Hino trucks. We pick players that are playing rugby. So just gold. I just love it so much. He's his own. He, he's his own freaking Twitter uh uh joke account. Like he's so good.
1: He is. Yeah, oh, but- I love that he look. I literally think that he literally just picked Richie <laughs> to like taunt Rory <laughs> in <Australian laughs> Australia. You know so he, just, he just doesn't care. He'll do whatever he needs to do. He's just like. He- Later on, he'll probably tell Richie. He'll go, Richie. Mate, you never had a chance. I just needed Rory to sign start playing some rugby. Okay, so you know. Well, we,
0: a... we know Richie's got a no chance. I, I, I love the fact that he's rubbing this in Rory's face, who decided he wasn't going to come and play for the Bulldogs when he had the ability to come play in Australia. Right? Like he he did not choose to to put Australia first. And Although... Eddie said in the same presser. No, Eddie said in the same presser we are going to reward people who are willing and wanting to take cuts and, and play for Australia above all else. And that was, you know, a minute
1: after he was talking about the Richie um, Rory uh, thing. It's true. Actually, can I just say, um, although what I, what I wouldn't be surprised by is, is, is if we said this in the 2019 rugby world cup, I think Eddie can deliver the goods on, um you know, signing either Arnold. And then mate, the, the blokes are twins. So just take both of them up with you to the rugby world cup you know, one of them gets injured, okay. you just throw the other brother in there, you just put them both with one name on the team sheet, job done. But, um, oh, I like you know, it, I like it. He, um, he did,
0: he did if they, if
1: of they go school. off for an HIA, can the brother sit the test <laughs> exactly? How, how would they know, mate? Just dress him up, mate, it's fine. But he did, he did in his travels around France, he did go <laughs> sit down with um, with Richie and with the coach of um, Toulouse. I didn't actually realize both the Arnold brothers played together at Toulouse. Uh, they actually won the championship there together. They were both the locks. So I actually would love to go back and watch some of that. But um, uh, he was saying, he's speaking to the coach at Toulouse and saying they really build the pack around Richie Arnold. Uh, I thought that might be, you know, him getting a little carried away. It's just, I love these stories that Eddie's coming up with, but um God, he gets around. You know, he was he apparently uh, in his podcast the other day, he was having coffee with uh, Gaultier, the French coach. I don't know how he, he's, he's lined that up as well, but.
0: Um... Well, he's all over. And he was at an AFL game and stuff as well. Look, I, I, I think one thing that needs to be said out of this is this is barely a Wallaby squad. I, I, I appreciate that he's come out and said all of these guys are in contention when he's been asked. Mate, any fucking person that's playing rugby in Australia is almost in contention. It, it, it's, a, it's a mute point. Now. Like, I mean, it's pointless to say. He is putting the boot up people's asses. He is giving, you know, a reward to certain players, and he's wanting to have a closer look at other individual players. So this squad, take it with a grain of salt, um, but it is very eddy. It is very, very eddy. And uh, I mean, people are reading into it saying how the, the Wallabies are going to play, um, and they don't need Gordon or Tate because they want to have a big boot and, you know, a solid pass at halfback. And people are reading too deep into this. It's He is wanting to see certain players and reward people.
2: Not considered due to injury was Flau Fenga'a, Tom Liner, Alex Murphy, Hunter Paisami, Matt Phillip and Isaac Rotter, just to put those names out there. Now, we've talked a little bit about the fact that uh, Eddie's trying to put the boot up a few people maybe rather than them actually being out of the
1: picture. Who do you guys think fall into that category, Kagi? Of putting the boot up them? Oh, well, clearly, I mean... Tate McDermott, Harry Wilson, um, straight off the bat. Paul um, we'll LaCoe. Yeah, how do you was... put a boot up Harry Wilson when he's been playing out of his skin? I agree. Well, I, yeah, I mean, like, it's it's funny. You, you'd have to think like, wh- ha- ha- I know the selections came out on Sunday night, but like how, much, how late did he change those? Because obviously Harry had a great game uh, on the weekend. But by the same token... You know, we hadn't seen Andrew Callaway play until he came on, started this half, and had an absolute blinder. So, you know, did he just earn himself selection by by that forty minute little cameo or or whatnot? So, it's it's interesting to know what he, what he's doing. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, to be fair with Harry Wilson, the only thing I can say is Langie Gleason's just been that good that it's uh, you know it's like, well, do we even need him? You know, I mean, Langy. <laughs> I, I think that's why.
2: Yeah. So to get back to your question, because you've gotten very distracted, I who is dropped? Because they're getting a boot put up on. Um,
0: okay, man. what catch up, man? It's it's Tate, it's Gordon, it's Lolaceo. Um, is there anyone else? Maybe it has... I thought Parisi needs a boot. Yeah, he fell out of favor. I he, think he, fell no,
1: out he needs a boot because he hasn't, he just hasn't been doing anything, he hasn't been performing this year. Where's he been? He's been absent.
2: I mean, he said that himself, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, and then, guys, who, who in this squad is being picked so we can have a closer look at
0: them? Bunavalu, mate. Like, that bloke has zero hammy, zero heart, but lots of potential. Eddie's, done, Eddie's done the same
1: the- thing as me. He's gone, mate, he's a he's a specimen. Just let me get him in training camp, and I'll put him through the paces, all right? You know what I mean? Dave Rennie couldn't get him to run full, full speed in training. I'm going to come at him with a bloody whip and a cricket bat. I'll make him run full speed of training. You watch Eddie. He'll get out there. He Eddie was a golf cart next to him, just like, you know, threatening him. That's what I want to say. And then uh, I thought yeah. Fluke as well,
2: considering that, you know, Eddie's big on his cohesion. He picked Josh Fluke, who's been in fantastic form, but there's only one – no, there's no other Reds back. So I know there's Pattaya and Vonavalo and we all know is not going to get a run. So there's literally one Reds player that's in contention for the 23. So I think Fluke he just wants to get a good look at. And I thought the other one was Blake Shop. Um, you know, obviously a friend of the, friend of the pod, big fan of Blake's shop, and he's been exceptional in his first year of professional footy. But that's a, that's a big goal to bring him straight in. Um okay. I think he wants to see what his ceiling might look like.
0: Jorgensen, Carter Gordon, Jordan Uelisi. Uelisi hasn't shown much, but he's just got a point of difference with his size. They're all people. Maybe Brad Wilkins being rewarded and he wants to see, you know, what his leadership qualities are because apparently he does have those as well. There's a lot of people in this team he wants to have a look at. I, th-
2: I thought, you think, you think, I like thought Wilkin obviously... might be the uh, like they're, they're all saying, everyone's saying Hooper's going to retire at the end of the year. I thought it was like McRide and Wilkin to be the two sevens buying for next year. So it's time to get him in around the squad, particularly with
1: well, the that, form he's been in. That, that yeah. leads me on to what I wanted to say is that obviously <laughs> this squad is it picked with any players as like development players, get them into the system, or, or is this squad just. You're going all out for the for the World Cup this year because obviously otherwise it would really make sense to bring in Fluke and Jorgensen and players like that for let's get them in and around the system as development for next year. You know, like the player you take on spring tour this, but they don't really play. You know? This camp, they're spending one day on the
2: attack shape they're going to play, one day on the defence shape they're going to play. They're going to do yeah. the media stuff and they're going to have like a picnic and kumbaya like get together without oh. really playing guitar anymore. That's it. That's the whole camp. So, no, I don't, I don't really reckon this is a development thing. I think he just genuinely wants to have a look.
0: Yeah. This is barely a Wallaby squad. It's a person of interest squad, and that's fucking what it is. That's probably what it um, is.
1: I, I Yeah. I will say I enjoyed reading – I read an article today, and it was just talking about some of the selections, but he's talking about um, Carter Gordon, and he was just saying one of the things he loved the most about Carter Gordon is that the bloke, um, you know, he loves that he's physical. He said he's a bit old school in that, um, you know, he knows when to flatten up the attack and when to just <laughs> run the ball hard and whatever. But he was saying the thing he liked the most about it is um, that he just absolutely never gives up. He said, you know, his team's getting absolutely trumped by uh, by the Drua. You know, they're down heaps of points. But I just at no point did Carter Gordon never look like he thinks his team's going to lose the game and just absolutely stays, is, is, has the conviction that they're going to win or whatever the whole game and stays in it. Um, and I really like that. Um,
0: when he was asked about Carter Gordon, someone said, does he remind you um, of Larkin? And his answer was, no. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. I loved it. it oh, wasn't he wasn't hearing him at all. He <laughs> not hearing him at all, and they're Jeez, not the same. goes, the only similarity is that they're tall and skinny.
2: I feel like that guy has written an article and was just going to insert a ten, no matter what it was, and it was
1: just wanting Eddie to confirm it because he wrote it before they announced the squad. But anyway, oh, wait, wait, I, I just want to go. The last question is: any players in there who you do, really don't like seeing in there? least uh, Ulysses Vonavalu was, uh, for mine, is probably, it was, was Ned, yeah, Ned Hannigan in there. I don't know, just like,
0: oh, it, mate. Hannigan's not bad. Everyone shits on the bloke and he does pretty good. They can all fuck off. Hannigan deserves it. He got thrown in there too young. People shit on him still, even though he plays well. I think everyone that thinks Hannigan sucks, they don't know what they're fucking talking about. They can shut up. Yeah, we but I mean, Hannigan
1: we all and... know that Kagi's here for his shit takes. So, yes. uh, Get him yeah. mate. Get him out of there. Thank you. Give me a proper play. Uh, a proper and another play
0: thing there. is they've already got a photo of um Jorgensen in the Wallabies jersey, mate. How long ago
1: did they take that photo? Yeah. After
0: game know. one. After game one or what? <laughs>
1: yeah. After game one. Yeah, come this way, please. <laughs> um, excellent. All right, well any last points on this on this squad or should we do you want to get onto your uh, your Western Force rant? No, let's rant. <laughs> I feel like we were <laughs> just ranting about the Wallabies, but um take it away, has
2: All right, so I've just been biding my time waiting for Simon Conn to do something that I actually approved of. But we all had high hopes. He was meant to be the Waratahs head coach for a period there. We felt pretty bad when he left. And I've got to say, six weeks in, I'm so thankful that he left because I have absolutely no idea what he's doing. It makes absolutely no sense to me. And it's just infuriating. And I know I'm not the only person thinking this. First of all, there seems to be absolutely no long-term plan for the Western Force whatsoever. He's brought in so many internationals that are not eligible for the Wallabies. He's not bringing in any Wallabies back. He's not trying to poach good players from other uh, other New South Wales or Crumbies or Queensland sides, with the exception of maybe Jeremy Williams and uh, Phil Fanga. But there's so many players there that there's no, there's no point. Like, why are you bringing in... An English halfback, but that's going to be here for one season, who's already has a signed contract to go back next year, and then making him captain after three years when you have two good halfbacks in your squad that are both Australian eligible, like it makes absolutely no sense. Isaac Fiennes has sped up the game and looked good every time he comes onto the field. And yet Gareth Simpson, the pommy half that we'll never see again after this year is playing for the side. Makes no sense. Then we bring in freaking Kiribigi. I don't care if he's fast. I just don't care at all. Why is he here? Why well, well, is he here? He's not amazing. hanging around. And you've got Manassa Mattayeli, who's not even been picked. He was their star player by a country mile last year. The only opportunities he's had, the ball hasn't been given to him at all and now they're not picking him in the 23 unless there's an injury. Not to mention the fact that the bloke has an Achilles overload issue with two other players. The captain, Michael Wells, and Falafanga have all missed games now because they've overcooked their Achilles. That says one thing. That says in the preseason, they massively overdid their running, completely blew out their loads and have got consistent overload issues through the side. Their S&C only started in January, so did the old snc completely screw the program or did the new snc screw the program because start of january is long enough to screw the program so either way they stuff something up big time and it all falls back on the head coach it makes no sense to me their selections it's just absolutely doing my head jeremy thrush can Can we join in yeah go please yeah
0: thrush thrush is one we uh, we said what the fuck (laughs) is that guy the answer to and it's fucking nothing um, uh, like other and we
2: say that with all due respect to Jeremy Thrush, that's not a crack at like It's The guy's retired.
0: The guy's retired, and they started talking about, like, he's going to be the saviour. They brought in, instead of giving Pugh, who had a dominant season um, in New Zealand last year, instead of giving him a crack at eight, they still haven't done it other than bring him off the bench. They brought in a guy that has a long-standing injury issue from the Waratahs who was playing at the Tars, so he had been there for a week maybe max. Listen to this, Right. So these are players that are on short-term deals that have played for them this year. Marley Pierce on the bench last week. Tom Horden short-term. Jeremy Thrush, the bloke was retired and played a bunch of games. Uh, Raboni Warren Voseatho, brought in from the Tars, short-term. Gareth Simpson, brought in short-term, leaving the end of the year. Um, They had uh, Fuliaki, I'm pretty sure, debuted for them off the bench, short-term. Kibirigi, short-term. That is... That is concerning. That's seven or eight blokes that have got short term bracketed next to their contracts. And they still, they're, they're not winning now. They're not building for the future. What are they doing if they're not doing those two things? Is Spink short he's,
2: Sam Spinks two years, mate. So let's be honest, he's probably buggering off.
0: Yeah. And, and Kebiruji apparently might stay for another year. But again, like the, the, the team then has. You know Tony Pulu, Manasa Matei. Yes, Pulu is eligible. I get it. Mateielli. They've got Tia Tia. They've got who else have they brought in that's not eligible that that we haven't named already? Uh, is
2: Kalapu eligible? I think he is, isn't
0: he? Kalapu is. Yeah, but there's there's a very very long list. Robolo, he's not eligible. Let's bring mm-hmm. him in. Medrano, yeah, he's been good enough that you can get get in there. But it's just.
2: Coleman's mm-hmm. not eligible because I refuse to accept that he is. Who? <laughs> Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so and Eddie himself said, What is like, we need to, what, there's, there's most of these players aren't Australian eligible. He said it himself in the, the interview that he had. So he thinks there's an issue there. We've got five teams that are, that are, you know, maybe not reaching the level they need to, but we've got all this talent overseas. The, the force have really been, you know, stuffed over. You know, a few years back when they got kicked out, there's no sign really that they're trying to change that and and you know, bring back in Aussies back into the squad. And I'm sure they would have allowance to to spend more than what they need to, but instead they're bringing in Kiwis and they're bringing in English people. I love Sam Spinky's in my fantasy side, but seriously, it's, it's and,
2: and it's just contrasted and made even worse by Kevin Foot and the Melbourne Rebels doing such a good job and, and their backroom being so on top of this plan of building cohesion in the side, sending their teams up to the Queensland Rugby Club competition at the back end of last year to build combination and improve their cohesion there, signing back players that have played for the Melbourne Rebels before, trying to build cohesion in the side over a long period of time, bringing through all their juniors that you're now seeing these big Islander boys that are extremely talented that have had the pathways and made the under twenty side. Like There's such a good long-term plan there and the western force have had way more money at their disposal seemingly and done absolutely nothing with
0: it well i think the harsh thing is there is obviously they've had the continuity of not losing a team at any point but bring in some of these western force you know juniors and give them a crack and give them you know that build to towards the future actually do you know something positive for west australia because Getting in foreigners, yes, I know that that's pretty much what Western Australia is anyway. It's not doing anything for them. It's it's not.
2: We missed um, we missed Madrano as well on our ineligible players. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think
0: you I think you got to him as well. Oh, mate, Madrano! I, look, I, I want to see more Western Australians getting a crack at this. I want to yeah. see them bring home someone else. You know, bring home an Isaac Lucas. Bring home, you know, whoever the fuck is. I don't don't really care, but bring back some Aussies and build some of that, you know, future building with Australian players.
2: I'll be honest. Why would you sign there? If you're an Australian player, why would you sign there? No one is making a name for themselves in that side. Even good players go there and immediately fall down the ranks. Hamish Stewart has been talked about as a possible inside centre. He's been playing pretty well, and I don't think he's got a hope in hell. I just don't think anyone's going. I think Falafanga's international career is over. They're just they're done.
1: I, I, I agree on that. And Falafanga, Tim Anstey, I think he's put his name forward. Yeah, but you get um, to live in a nice house and then the sun sets over the water in Perth. So you know, I mean, it's all it's all swings and roundabouts. Yeah, it's. um mm. now, I, I, I do, reckon I, that you guys could do an entire podcast and uh, and you know even even an episode and just entitle it Dear Simon Cron. But um, to our faithful listeners. If you if you've bared with us for uh for the Western Force rant, um, please well done, well done, and get after Harry and Nelson and uh, at Draft Rugby on Twitter and let us know your thoughts on the old Western Force, um, and how many of those players are in your fantasy side, uh, and whether or not Manas, Manas mata and should be playing uh, every week or not. Both Mataiili's. I I, yeah. I know it flies in the face of what we said. We just start... I did say that. I did say that at the start of the season. I said, just put both Mata Ellies on the wings, and uh, that's yeah. All success. for it. Yeah. All right. Well, look, I think that's going to round out another very short and uh, tight episode of the Draft Rugby Show. Um, uh, this was episode. I don't know what episode it was actually, because well, I'm lost for thought now. But it it was. Uh, we're looking forward to round seven coming up this week, and uh, we will catch you again next week uh for the next episode and don't forget guys like and subscribe and we'll keep ranting